Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Welcome back to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. I'm your host, Sam Gonzalez, and I'm joined today by Progress Texas President Ed Espinoza, our Advocacy Director, Diana Gomez, and our Development Manager, Brett Isaacs. Biggest news of the week, perhaps of the year. It's, it's a pretty big deal. Elon Musk on April 25th bought Twitter for $44 billion. That's billion with the B. Sounds it, high. It's <laughs> a little bit. Um, there's a lot going on here. Uh, $44 billion is one of the biggest, I'm assuming it would be one of the biggest acquisitions from an individual for a company of all time. That's a lot, that's a huge number. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And, and because it's a news slash town square, they, a lot of people describe Twitter as, um, there's a lot of political implications to this. Uh, he's had some intention of it being a little bit more open and more broad, but I want to start out real quick. Ed, your opinion on a scale of one to Citizen Kane. <laughs> what is this like, man? Because, you know, th- I mean, if you buy a newspaper these days, okay, maybe a couple people read it. This is yeah. the world newspaper, at least for the United States. This is a big place uh, where a lot of communication, a lot of political communication is going on. What happens now? You know, I, I don't know that... I, I've I've fully formed an opinion yet because I know that people don't like it and I'm not crazy about it either. But I, I, first of all, I'm trying to figure out, apart from just sheer ego, I'm trying to figure out why he would want to do this because I, I don't I don't know that it's a profitable investment. And for me, the question is like, is this is Twitter now going to die? Is it going to become just this evil thing of the right, or is it just going to be the same? And I don't really know the answer to that because the thing is, is that there are actually a lot of liberals on Twitter and there, many of them are not going to go away. Um, but also, like, is big social media the future? Because I don't know anybody who enjoys being on Facebook anymore. I don't really know anyone who enjoys being on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is mostly commercials at this point. And it seems to me that maybe micro social networks are more of the future right now than big social networks are. So for me, it's, it's the, the, the business politics of it are very puzzling. Obviously, it's more ego than anything else. I, I think that the, the, bigger, the bigger question is of free speech, right? Like they talk about it being a free speech, which ironically, they don't want free speech when it comes to certain books in schools. But sure, these conservatives are all for free speech when it's online. Um, what does that mean? Because like we've seen what Twitter was like when it was unmoderated. I know we're going to get to that in a minute, but like I, I haven't fully wrapped my head around it just yet. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, he plans on taking it private as well. And that in its own right can make the whole dynamic even more uh, different than what it is now. Obviously, it would be mostly him making all the calls if you were to take over and assume a position where he wanted to say, I want to add an edit button. I want to bring these people back. I want to put these people, give them a platform again. Um, does it lose popularity because of that? I know a lot of people have jumped ship lately. Is he going to unban the people that he has banned himself? <laughs> or blocked Real? at the very yeah. least, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he wants it to be a beacon of free speech, right? And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of strange because 
like you said, he blocks people. He's had people not use uh, Tesla superchargers because he didn't like comments he said online. Certainly a character. I think what, what concerns me is seeing uh, Greg Abbott uh, like adore Elon in this like weird thirsty way that I don't really know how to handle <laughs> or take. Um, and recently he put up a post on social media saying, Elon, bring Twitter to Texas. And I think there's a sort of conservative rancher who's offered him so many acres of land to, I don't know, have Twitter on, on like a farm or something. And I'm sure he'd, you know, build it up or something like that. But I, I'm just like, I don't know if what this means for Texas, if he plays into um, the thirst trap that uh, Greg Abbott is serving. Can I mention something about Greg Abbott? So I was at the Giga uh, Giga Texas opening, the big Tesla uh, factory headquarters in Austin, and uh, what's what I've been told is that Governor Abbott wanted to speak at that launch event that night, and Tesla told him no. I think Elon told him no. Which what about I've, free speech, Elon? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. no. I guess I... it's it's free to say no to your speech. Well, yeah, can I clarify? Like, I don't want to fall into conservative talking points because at the end of the day, obviously free speech is important. But, you know, in this context, just because everyone has the freedom to say whatever they want doesn't mean everyone should be given a platform. So right. mm -hmm. while right. I love making fun of Tesla and Elon Musk, and I have a lot more to say about that, I'm not saying that he's like being hypocritical necessarily. It's just fun to dunk on him sometimes. Why do you think people are reacting so strongly like uh, about this? Like, some people are like, yeah, he's the champion of freedom of speech and the people. And other people are like, oh, no, what's going to happen now? My thing I like doing as a hobby in the afternoons is now going to be a cesspool of chaos, some people even think, right? So why are people reacting this way? And, you know, if it's left less moderated or more open to free speech, uh, how is it going to impact the political space and even just our own personal spaces? I'm so glad you asked. I have a lot to say on this issue. So <laughs> the reason to start off, the reason people are reacting very strongly is because Elon Musk is an incredibly polarizing figure. And to be clear, personally, I don't love him, but I really don't like anyone who has a cult of personality. And that includes a lot of people on the left. That includes a lot of people on the right. So I find his whole shtick of, you know, being this powerful leader of these incels. I'm sorry. I mean, like, oh. <laughs> um, I find him and his whole following just really overblown. Right. But people are reacting very strongly because he's a very polarizing figure. And he has said, made a lot of comments that people don't agree with. And there's a lot about his background, a lot about his way that he, you know, raised Tesla into this giant company. And for years, it was not profitable that people are not comfortable with. He said a lot of things about free speech that nobody really has any idea of what he means. But at the end of the day, a lot of it has to do with his personality. And like I said, while I'm far from his biggest fan, I just want to have everyone take a deep breath. <laughs> like, this is not the end of the world. Twitter is a very important space currently, yes. And hopefully it remains a space that is functional in that sense. It is essentially what a lot of people have said. It is a town square. And, you know, it would be nice if it remained able to function in that way. But if it doesn't, there will be another thing. 
The fact that Elon is taking over Twitter does not mean that things are gonna change overnight. Yes, he might invite Donald Trump back, and while that would suck, quite frankly, there's nothing any of us can do about that. I think the more important thing is about the free speech as it relates to harassment and uh, you know, generally extremist ideologies and what that is gonna look like. Now, the thing is about this purchase, first of all, a lot of things could happen in the time it will take to finalize this purchase. It is not guaranteed. Don't get your hopes up that it's gonna fall through because there's no reason to think that it will, but it's not guaranteed right now. And the other thing is that Elon Musk, $44 billion, he, is, he paid 21 or 22 billion of that amount in cash, but he's relying on the rest of that being financed by banks. So he is gonna have to radically change the way that Twitter is run in order to make it profitable enough for him to pay his monthly payments to the banks, which is like a billion a month or something nuts. Maybe my math is wrong. <laughs> Good thing I don't work with numbers for a living. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's funny, podcast <laughs> listeners, because I do the fundraising. So anyway. Um, But the point is that things are going to change. I don't think that anything is going to change immediately. And I don't necessarily think anything is going to change that radically. I think the big question, though, is going to be what does making Twitter more profitable mean for content interaction and creation and the way that we, you know, speak about things? And also, what does it mean for extremist ideologies? You know, I don't necessarily think that Elon Musk is dedicated to a no holds barred, you know, everyone has the same power to say whatever they want, whether you're a, you know, Joe Schmo or a Nazi, or maybe Joe Schmo is a Nazi. I don't know. The point is, I think it's going to be interesting to see how how harassment is handled going forward, how mm. political speech and hate speech are handled going forward, how the two might be equated. But I would just say to everyone, calm down just for one second, just like one second. You don't have to like Elon Musk. You don't have to hate him. You don't have to love him, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be the end of the world. And quite frankly, like, There are a lot of things about Twitter that suck now. And I'm not saying that Elon Musk is gonna make it better or worse, but I am saying that it's not like this perfect crier town square where like Alexander Hamilton is standing up on a soapbox and like (laughs) talking about liberty. Like, no, it's a cesspool garbage fire and some things might change, (laughs) but don't expect to wake up tomorrow and have it like literally be on fire. I was, um, before we did this pod, I did some research on like, social networks when they came out and then i also started to think like who who would start a social media network right now because i'm surprised that elon wanted to buy a network as opposed to starting his own network right like he started tesla he didn't buy an existing company and try to change it so why wouldn't he start a social network and i made a list of like who i thought would be most likely to do it and actually, Tesla was one of those people that I think would be naturally positioned to start some sort of new platform like this. So I'm surprised that he did it uh, because short of a big tech company, it would have to be a big celebrity like a Gary Vaynerchuk or like a, a Kardashian or a Jay-Z or something like that. But why buy it when you could make it? I, it just seems like that's not really the direction of things right now. And I'm, I'm I mentioned this earlier that a lot of it's ego driven, but I'm still puzzled by it. 
Well, I mean, my analysis of it, and I'm hardly a business expert, but when he created Tesla, electric vehicles were not ubiquitous. I mean, it was there was hardly, like he was breaking into a new market for it. Regardless of whether it was considered a luxury vehicle or not, it was a new area. Now, the way that social media functions is very much dominated by these giant companies for better or worse, mostly for worse. But we see right now that one of uh, one figure who has some of the most loyal followers in the world, in the country, is trying to make his own his own you know social media platform and failing spectacularly. And that's Donald Trump. And there are a lot of reasons, I think, behind that, aside from just the fact that they can't get anyone actually talented to work on it because everyone who's actually talented knows that it's crap. But I think that he would have been pouring a lot more money and time into creating a new network that would have been far less guaranteed to be profitable or popular. And also Elon loves Twitter. He's like a Twitter garbage troll, to be honest. And yeah, if he bans me for saying that, then, you know, great. I honestly stand by it. But but I you can create, but new networks have come up and been successful, right? Like Twitch is, is I would say, a third generation social network. TikTok is a, with maybe a third generation social network. They've both been very successful. And maybe like Vine and Periscope didn't make it, but Vine and Periscope also got like absorbed by some of the other big ones out there. So for me, I just thought that, you know, you, you doesn't have it. The, the, the next big thing is not actually a big thing. It, the next big thing is actually a very specialized thing. How many of us go to malls or department stores anymore? We tend to go to specialized stores for more things that we need. Anyway, that's that's just my, I, Brad, I think everything you're saying is valid. I'm, I'm still puzzled why somebody like himself who, like him or not, he is an innovator, why he didn't decide to innovate a new, um, a new channel. Well, there are people, oh. Well, just real quick, I want to bring this up. There are some people that will say that he didn't even start Tesla, that it had started with a couple people before. Yeah, it started for the few people. He was an early investor within the first two years, and they made him the CEO immediately. Well, he did a hostile takeover of Tesla, right? Like, it wasn't amicable. Potentially. The idea is yes. that he, yeah, <laughs> but the idea is that he didn't make it. He wasn't a part of the development. He, it's, it's. Sounds like the kind of guy who would say, that's a good idea. I'm going to put all my money into it. Twitter, I don't know if that's a smart idea because I don't know if it's a great idea anymore. Like we said, the cesspool that it can be. Uh, Dan, did you have another point to go along with that? I was just going to echo you, Sam, I think, to to say um, (laughs) – I have my own feelings about uh, Elon as well. But to say a a creator or innovator, I think, is is also super, super generous. Um, Basically, he's always had a lot of money and has been a very big investor in a lot of these things. And I think something I've learned, again, is that just because someone has bajillions of dollars uh, doesn't mean that they are – um, you know, the smartest uh, person. It means um, a lot of folks are, you know, underpaid and exploited for sure. Um, and then especially, Ed, when you're talking about ego, I feel like, you know, what Sam mentioned before, a newspaper might get a few views. And, you know, we have uh, Jeff Bezos, who I think is a big investor in the Washington Post now. So then maybe Elon was like, well, I'll get Twitter, you know, and some sort of like rich bajillionaire contest, which that's so fun to live in that age. The first thing I thought of when I saw that purchase was, oh, my God, what? What could have been done with that huge amount of money? Oh, and yeah. and <laughs> the, the, if, I, if I could interject, six yeah. billion would have ended world hunger. 
Six yeah. billion. Yeah. Elon said to the to the UN, if you show me an itemized plan to end world hunger and give me a price, I will pay that amount. They came up with an itemized plan for six billion and he didn't pay. Like the guy is a nut job, to be right. totally honest. <laughs> and also the I think that was also the close to the cost of the climate plan for our country. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Like billion is a lot of money. And, and I want to give it back to you, Diana, on this point here, because if this all goes through, everything, let's say everything comes to fruition. He doesn't break any of his clauses by saying heinous things or manipulate the market like he likes. Um, will he use that to continue to silence his critics like he has been on his personal accounts? Um, we know that Tesla's non-union and I personally would like that for them. But we know that he's not a big fan of them. So do you think that he uses this as leverage for his other investments? Does he use it to sell information? Does he silence political movements? What does he do with this newfound power, do you think? Or what Great question. It's like, what is in the mind of a man going through a midlife crisis who is just taking <laughs> us all along for this wild ride? Um, and I don't know what to predict. I think it'll be... Gosh, so, so wild. And I think we've already seen a lot of folks who have started criticizing him right now uh, through the beginning of this purchase process have already been blocked. He's blocked folks before. Um, you know, don't want to speak of his name again, but Trump was also infamous for doing that same stuff. Hopefully he doesn't bring him back. But like you said, Brett, whatever. We'll see. We'll deal with it when it comes. Don't want to worry about it, you know, t too soon. Um, but want to bring it back to a lot of folks especially on the other you know, side, on the, the more conservative side, have a very messed up view of like, what does free speech mean? And they love to confuse you know, people on it. I think folks realize that you know, Twitter is a business and there are so many businesses out there that they you know, sell and, and buy stuff, they have customers and they're able to do what they can and what they want with their businesses. And so when someone was you know, blocked or banned from Twitter, like you know, Donald Trump, um, you know, a lot of folks shouted, oh, you're eliminating free speech, but that's not, that's not what that is. Um, and so I think, you know, he'll continue to shout free speech in, in ways that, you know, aren't what, what the definition is. I feel like that, that is one prediction. And I know, Ed, when you were talking about, you know, who would have been the next person to create a social media thing? I'm, at, in these times, I miss MySpace. Um, where, 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 where is Tom? Where, where is Tom? Tom was we so nice. Was Tom never good. sold my data. Tom no. never said anything mean. Never blocked me. Tom's my personal hero. He sold when the value was high, and he goes, I'm going to do photography from now on. And that's what mm -hmm. he does. Doesn't have a job for the rest of his life. He's taken care of and takes sweet, sweet photos on Instagram, another platform. So, <laughs> um, and, and so that's where we're at, right? If this goes through, one of the biggest... Uh, media takeovers, you know, and, and there's a lot of fear that one person can do the will uh, of that they want. And it's a little terrifying for some, but some like Brett have hope that, you know, that things will well, work out and the people will, I want to say, well, maybe, I don't know. Can I, I, I just want to say one thing. I, I want to say one thing because I know that I earlier was saying, you know, don't freak out just yet. But I think when it, we're talking about free speech, one of the most important things is that a lot of these conversations about, are about individual people, which in my opinion is kind of a red herring because my big concern with free speech and Twitter is China. Because Elon Musk has a very interesting and special relationship with China. Um, I believe that he is the only auto dealer or maybe one of the only American, you know, American manufacturers who's able to own the manufacturing plant in China. 
Normally what happens, and this is a big source of tension between the US and China, is that you have to work with local partners and give them a cut of the profits. And he also recently opened a Tesla showroom in the Xinjiang province, which is where a lot of Uyghur Muslims are being forcibly interned and what the UN, I'm, I believe, has called a genocide. So what happens when people talk about Xinjiang? What happens when people talk about, poorly about China? Is this deal going to give the Chinese government and the Great Firewall greater leverage over our public discourse. I think the conversation about individuals is very important, but I also think that we do need to be thinking about the broader ways in which this is gonna be possibly manipulated by people who deal with Elon personally. And that's one of the downsides of having somebody who has his hand in multiple different areas and is an entrepreneur owning this giant social media platform. Well, if we're worried about China and Twitter, then we should be worried about TikTok. So I think for me, uh, the social media platform is only as good as the users who are on it. And if users are bored and they're not having fun and it's not worth their time anymore, then they're gonna leave the same way they left Friendster and MySpace and are leaving Facebook in droves. Uh, it'll happen there too and there's nothing Elon can do about it. So one, it comes down to the, comes down to the users. And the other thing is that something new will pop up, right? M much in the way that like, Netflix and YouTube became the rivals to ABC and NBC, which were these giants for a century in American media that just got taken out by these little upstarts that are now major sources of entertainment for people when they go home each night. And something else will pop up and they won't all be successful. And yes, it's hard to launch something, but you know, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't think big is the next big thing. I think that small is the next big thing. And I think that the more tailored and specialized you get, the better it can be, which is one of the reasons I, I don't know why Elon did this, but you never know. Maybe these rich guys aren't actually that good at business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> well, I think to sort of sum it up and, and wrap up and, and my thoughts for me and how I feel about this is going back to the number and connecting that with politics, and specifically now that Sir Elon lives in Texas, is knowing that, you know, I just paid my taxes, I know a lot of us did, and knowing that these billionaires, these ultra-wealthy folks, especially who are in our state, in our backyard, you know, shouldn't be getting such huge tax breaks when, when we don't. They need to be paying, they, paying their fair share of taxes, just like hardworking everyday Texans, just like the rest of us. Yeah. Let's just remember that with everything about Elon that you might like or dislike, the worst thing about him is that he's a billionaire. Yep. I'll, and my final thoughts on this, remember Tumblr? For those of you who <laughs> know, no. For those, and if you don't you know, you, look, you, look it up. <laughs> Yahoo purchases sorry. Tumblr. <laughs> I was gonna say sorry, Yahoo, but uh, I hate to throw you under the bus again because <laughs> we love throwing the bus under Yahoo. But uh, any final thoughts on this? I think we're good, right? What needs My to be said? My final thought is that I can't remember the last time I had fun on Twitter. I can certainly re remember the last time I got mad on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> remember, uh, so I guess my final, my final final thought, don't feed the trolls, folks. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us this episode. Uh, Ed, Diana, Brett, thank you for lending your insights. And to everyone who's listening, thank you for joining us this time around. Be sure to head over to ProgressTexas.org to follow us on social media and subscribe to our email list. If you're listening to us right now, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Hit the like button, the stars, 
all of them. Give us all the stars and leave us a review to let people know that you like us. Thank you for listening. I'm Sam Gonzalez again. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 The Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, and our featured music is by Walker Lukens. Please be sure and subscribe to the Progress Texas Happy Hour on the podcast platform of your choice. Take a moment to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show, and be sure and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening and for all you do to press progress forward here in the Lone Star State. We'll see you again next week.